Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Straightforward. He has no experience of English football. He's come from Japan. He's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And, and I'll tell you honestly, I will love it if we beat him. Love it. So I'm not one of, of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. I have to to talk about facts because I think it's important. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Phoenix Five. Unfortunately, we've missed a few weeks, so sorry for all our fans who've missed our voices in their ears. But don't worry, we've got a great episode this week. We're going to be talking about the one, the only, the maverick, Mr. Paolo Di Canio. I'm joined this week again by Mr. David Holland. It's uh, my regular co-host. Dave, how you been, mate? You you well? Um, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Well, I say well. Uh, I had a doctor's appointment again today. Um, I go every two weeks now because I'm monitoring my blood pressure. I've mentioned it on here before. It's heading in the right direction. It's it's uh, still high. Uh, I've been told I've got to drink a lot more, more water, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, I, I feel, don't feel any different. I didn't even know I had it. So, but yeah, if you, you should go and get checked, everyone. If uh, if you haven't, um, I thought I was young, sexy, and fit and healthy. It turns out I've got high blood pressure. So, um, <laughs> get yourself checked and uh, make sure you're healthy. But yeah, I'm all good, mate. Same old. Oh, brilliant. Well, before we move on to our topic, I'm sure we'll we'll do uh, modern football or, or this week in football. Uh, I'll start off this week. Arsenal in the Champions League, they're back. Uh, performance. What do you think of the performance yesterday? Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so good to be back. I was excited just for that. Absolutely buzzing to be back. And it's been a bloody long time. It's been it's been a bit of a stretch. But that was a that was a real good start, a real good performance. PSV. Um they, had, they, they looked good going forward, and, and then they, they called us called us a lot of trouble in the Europa League last year, knocked us out. Um, but so I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult. But Arsenal started on the front foot and were were very very good. Trossard's 
we knew he was a good player. Um, he's come, he's, he's hit some good form um, without with Martinelli being injured. Um, yeah, it just really clicked. Saka looking really good. Yeah, really, really pleased. Can't, going into the North London derby this this Sunday um, feels you with feels with good confidence uh, going into that game on off the back of this. Um, that will be a good game. So, yeah, I, I yeah, I mean four 0 against PSV. I mean you can't ask for much more. I I, I was in the ballot to try and get the ticket for the game. Um, no chance. I've been in every Arsenal ballot. They're doing a ballot now. I don't know if you know where it's trying to make it more fair for the for the members. Because if you're a red member, you'd be a red member for like 12 years before you become a silver member. Red members just get the, the dregs off the tickets. You know, it's very hard to get a ticket. Um, so they're trying to do a ballot system this year, uh, which is, I don't know if you see it the first game of the season when um, Arsenal fans trying to get in, they changed it all to digital. So every Arsenal ticket's all digital now. And it went to pot on the first game of the season and they wrecked the, wrecked the opening game. Oh, is that what it was? Um, is that the reason? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was to do with that. There was the first time they 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 put it all to on like, digital. It's all on your phone now. Right. So your card that you used to get doesn't work. You you got like a little QR code, and the system went down. Um, and what it, it asked was the early kickoff when he opened the game of the season. But you, you know right. the laws in the UK is that you can't have a game for, uh, between two and or or three and five or whatever it is, which is why. It, and it was because it was delayed kickoff. It was rolling into that, so it was nearly against the law that first game of the season. But yeah, that's what I'm waffling. Um, yeah, so it's gone. So yeah, I've been in every ballot. And I've been rejecting every ballot. So it's exactly the same as I was a red member last year. But um, yeah, good performance. Looking forward to the next one. Um, glad to be back in the Champions League. I don't think you. I mean, how do you feel about your performance, mate? Your team are in it. Um, Man United. Are, Man United are, are the goalkeeper. So I see something today. I know it's easy to say. Uh, he's a new Taibi. I see someone put that. Um, I put but that. But David De Gea going in, like if David De Gea is still there now, he's 100% playing. Agreed. He's, they're going to have to do something. With it. It's it's a difficult one there. It's down at the minute. What, it's 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 you know United against the Brighton just they got they got pumped and you know Van uh, Van Hal sorry Hag was saying oh you know it's close margins this that never like Brighton pumped us let's just let's get it get it right. Uh, Bayern Munich, I gave us no chance. I was saying 4 0 would be a good result before the game even started. I've never done that. Like, it's literally at the stage now, whereas it's, 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 we're mocking, uh, the fans are mocking the club themselves. Um, started very well. I thought we started very well. Um, or Bayern Munich started poorly and we started very well. And then your goalkeeper does that. I mean, and then all of a sudden you can see that everyone's confidence has dropped. Everyone's looking around and also you don't want a ball. Uh, I don't want to be too critical on a goalkeeper because a goalkeeper is, is difficult. I watched him in Milan and I, I thought he was a good, great goalkeeper. Good with his feet. He is a decent shot stopper. Um, the difference is, mate, when, when you're not playing well, everything goes against you. And, and, and that's, it's not like you can pick out four or five players at United and go, oh, he's playing well, but he's not. They're all having a pretty poor start to the season. Agreed. I, I said we needed a new goalkeeper, but I also thought we should have kept the hair for another season and, and extended his contract. We had a one-year option and we should have taken it. Because we've got a new goalkeeper coming in, like Anana, who's not used to playing in the Premier League, um, and you want to play, uh, you know, football and playing out from the back. That's great if you've got players that can play out from the back, but we haven't got those players at the moment. Everyone's injured, so what you need is someone at the back to stop the goals going in. Now De Gea makes rickets. Uh, last couple of seasons, he's had games where he's letting goals that shouldn't let in. But I mean, these are goals, and this isn't the first goal. Every game this season and pre-season that he played there was at least one issue or ricket per game so far. You look at the Wolves game, he comes out and clatters the player. Should have been a penalty. You look at the Arsenal game, he should have saved two of those goals for me. 
The Spurs game, at least at fault for one of them. The Forest game, the first goal, he, he falls over. Then you've got the Bayern Munich where it goes through him. And then later on, he's saying, he's not even kind of, it's not, they're not even rickets. They're not even like hard shots. And you think, oh, maybe they're all shots that are going at him. So like, he's like, he's, he's cross-eyed and the ball's going towards me and he can't see it. So it, it's confusing for me because the hair, I agree. If you had the hair on the bench, one, it, it raises the quality because all of a sudden Nana's thinking, shit, I've made a mistake. And if Hard picks him for next game, he knows, right, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got to be my maximum here. Cause if I fuck up, the hair's going to take over it. It's simple as that. And I'll be out. When you've got a Turkish goalkeeper that no one knows who he was before he came to us, you know, that's the level we're, we're shopping an Audi and, and fucking Safeways at this bat at, at the moment. It was shocking, his, his goalkeeping performances, mate. The, the, the thing is now, I think that's, you know, you say it can't, it can only get better from here. You, you're thinking if they lose the next couple of games against Burnley and Palace, it's it's time up. And I don't even, the, the hard thing is that, well, sack him or don't sack him, it doesn't matter who comes in. We're, we're, we're a shambles from top to bottom. Until the, the owners sell, um, it, it's a shambles. So I'm, I'm not going to go much more off that waffle. Uh, let's go back on to our, our, our main man, old Jude Benham. He does it again. The, the boy wonder. Fucking he's hell. Amazing, man. He's brilliant. I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, um, I'd love to have him at my team, at my club. He's And he's only 21, isn't he? I mean, God. Yeah, so, there's nothing much more you can say. He is, he's chipping in with goals. He's winning, he's winning games for Real Madrid. He's just, he's just gone there and just set it alight, isn't he? I mean, what a start for him at Real Madrid. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, there's not much more you can say about him. He's just, he's amazing. Uh, I'd love to have him in Arsenal's midfield, Arsenal, Rice, Bellingham. Oh, well, that's basically England midfield, isn't it? But, but yeah, he's yeah, he's he's pure pure class, pure class. May United could be doing with him. That's for fucking sure. The thing is, mate, he could have come to United. He would he wouldn't be doing any of this. He'll look he'll look more like Jemba Jemba at United because that's what <laughs> we players we turn play, we turn good players into like shadows of themselves. You know, Casemiro <laughs> looks like he's he's he went on and he came back and. I said, is he, he's going to pull off the mask at one moment and just be as clever some underneath it or something? Because the form of some of these players, honestly, unbelievable. So this week, but this week on Mystic Mickey Seamus is an Italian episode. Um, I want to ask. Which Italian team do you think will progress furthest in the Champions League this season? Uh, Bear no. in mind, we had Inter who was in the final last year. So yeah. you've got, you have got Napoli, Inter, AC, and you have Lazio. So who do you think, who do you think will finish out of the four? Inter Milan, AC Milan, Lazio or Napoli? Well, for those who know, I'm I'm a I'm a big Napoli fan. Like I I I like Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta are on it this year. I'm, I'm a big Atlanta fan. I think they've had a, a good couple. Of, so the last five years, Atlanta have been fantastic in in uh, Syria. Uh, I have to go with Napoli. I think Inter Milan obviously have started the league season very well, but I I, I like Napoli. It's crazy. Uh, the Champions League, the level in the Champions League, I just find now is just poor. When you, I don't, you know, before when you had like Real Madrid and Inter Milan, and we spoke about AC Milan and. And teams, you just think, oh, I can't. None of them, none of them anymore. But like, I don't. There's no fear. Even when we played Bayern Munich, and although United are shit, don't get me wrong, no one's gonna have a fear factor playing Bayern Munich this season. You're not. There's no fear factor. You know them like star players. Like, it's just not there. Even PSG, they've got Mbappe, but that's really it. They're, they're not really functioning as much as a team. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be quite a poor Champions League this season. But I'm going to go in Napoli as my Mystic Mickey pick. So, also, just before we move on then, so what do you think about this This next year? This format changes, doesn't it? It's 36 teams in a Super League sort of format. Teams play each other. They've got to play, play 10 games. The top eight qualify automatically. And then from nine to... Sorry, nine to... I'd say about 24 teams, whatever it is. But the top eight qualify automatically to the quarterfinals. And then nine to... 24 do like a playoff to get the remaining places. So it's basically a super league that the Champions League is now now going into. Um, I don't know. I mean, your, your team that if you're in it will, will be up against better sides, and you know, which is what they want. They want to do this super league sort of format where they, the big big clubs play each other quite regularly. But then once they played each other so many times, it's just another thing, isn't it? I mean, to be honest, the Champions League generally, mate, it was the same. If you look at the last eight or last 16 over the last 10, 15, 17 years, it's generally the same last eight, last 16. It's not a massive difference in it. Um, I mean, if David Graham was on it, it'd be his turn to have a massive rant now about the Champions League and especially the change into league format. Oh, but, I definitely would hate it. You know what? I, let's see how it plays out. I mean, I'm not I'm not sold on it. I'm not, not sold on it. It's progression. It's what they were always going to do. So I don't hate the idea. I just don't know how they're going to do it and how it plays out. I mean, I, we'll see. It, it might be more interesting on a on a weekly basis on, on to watch because to be fair, like when you're watching, but then you're saying that look at you know you, PSV, the Dutch champions, beating them four 0 You know, it's not exactly like as I said. I I just think the Champions League's weak. You look at some of the teams that are in it, and I know you got you you got to win your leagues to be in it. Is what Dave was saying and kind of keeping that kind of momentum behind it. But if you look at some of the teams that, yes, I mean, obviously it's only the first week, so um, you can't use it as a, a standard bearer. But, you know, Young Boys versus Leipzig, Royal Antwerp, uh, you know, Feyenoord versus Celtic, beating Celtic 2-0. Uh, then you've got, I don't even know, I can't even pronounce the team that Man City played. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. It's just, you know, PSG Dortmund was the biggest game you could say on, on paper. And PSG won 2 0. It's just not, it wasn't even competitive, the game. And PSG haven't exactly been that great this season, as I said. I, I don't know. I'll give it a chance. Uh, I mean, United won't be in it next season, so I probably won't watch any of it. So it doesn't really matter, to be honest. Brighton might be in that's, it. That's definitely, that's, that's the only thing Mystic Mickey will ever get right. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's move on. So this week, guys, we're talking about Paolo Di Canio, an absolute maverick of the game. Something that modern football no longer offers. A player that may now divide fans with his opinions and his views, but for us, he is simply the maverick. There are a few high-profile football figures that can conjure up conversations like this man. Born in 1986 in Rome from a working-class family and a fan of Lazio growing up, he first signed for Lazio in 1985 and later brought his talent across the sea to Celtic. Fans adored him, giving him the nickname of the Free Amigos, along with George Cadet and Pierre Van Hoydonk. He only lasted just one season, as in a big fallout with the Celtic owner, who, after wanting to double his wages for a pay rise, declined. Dave, I'll start you. I'm going to do like a stop and start on this one because it's obviously quite a a, a, a trouble career, shall we say? But when I say Paolo de Canio, what's the first thing that comes to your mind with that lad? Uh, hothead. Okay, I found it to be a very to, to be hot headed. But that was that was part of his appeal. That was a part of his magic. I think that because he was so eccentric and and hot headed and passionate, that meant that that showed in his in his football. Um, so yeah, I would uh, yeah for me that that was that was definitely. But he he was he was a magician on on 
he was a magician. He really was. The things he could do with a football was amazing. But there was a lot of a lot of baggage that comes with that. You know, they they say they say that people are like that, aren't they? The the, the people that um, are special have have character flaws as well. You know that 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 height that heightens that. And I believe that is definitely with with Paolo Di Canio. Um, he he could do he could do brilliant things on the pitch. A touch of magic. Um, his first touch was amazing. Um, didn't score. Didn't score. He wasn't prolific, but then he, he didn't need to be because he could change a game uh, with his assists, with bringing other people into play. But he he was he was a special player for me, very, very special player. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say that it's in Italy they would call, they would put him down as an Italian legend or anything like that. He's a Premier League legend for people like us. I, I would say. Um, but yeah, for me he's a hothead. If you if you look at his appearances per, per club, he's. He's not. He's not at clubs very long. He doesn't make a, a hell of a lot of appearances. I mean, he's he's only hit over the hundred for one club, which was West Ham, which we'll go on to later. But um, if you look at his appearances for club, clubs, he's only he's only there for a year or a year or two. Um, so he's person. So we obviously we know he's got person. His personality is very up and down. Do you um, think of Italian football at the time? It's funny, isn't it? Because you're saying about like Mavericks and stuff. We had Zola at the time, Palo Di Canio, uh, Carboni. Uh, Viali, you had that like Italian kind of mood, and like there was just something beautiful about watching Italians play. I, I don't see that anymore. I don't see that beauty from Italians playing anymore. Maybe because the game's moved on and there's more uh, variety in talents. But his time at Celtic, I mean, he's loved at, at, at Celtic. Went to what, uh, club legends. I, he's not a legend at, at Celtic, of course he's not. Or is he? I don't. I, I don't know because he was very popular in the small stint that he had there. They won the league title that league, that season, I believe, as well when he when he went to Celtic, um, yeah. and he, he was he was player of the year for him as well. Exactly, he, he, like they've got. I know for a fact because obviously we spoke about it many times before. My, my family from Scotland, the Celtic fans, said they have fond fond memories. But he was there a season. Um, it, had he stayed there, it had longevity with no without a shadow of a doubt, he would have been a legend. You know, like um, in the realms of your Larsons and and people like that, um, because again he. He bought he bought magic to to Celtic as well, and he, he was he was brilliant. He scored he scored fifteen goals in thirty seven appearances, but he, like I say, he only had thirty seven appearances, so he's not going to be godlike for them. Um, they'll they'll be thankful for what he'd done there when he was there. Wish, but just wish he would have stayed. But um, well, the, that was the thing you said. He moved on. I mean, obviously, I'm jumping to Celtic. He, he started at Lazio, as I said, went on to Juventus, then went on to Napoli, then went on to Milan. It was like a season, a season, a season, a season. Um. You know, he went to Juventus. He won the UEFA Cup with with Juve in '93, but he he just struggled to, to gain playing time during that. He wasn't getting regular games. But you know, at the time there was like Baggio was there, uh, Scalacci, uh, Casaragi, Ravanelli, Viali, um, Muller. He left Juventus after again he had a, a bit of a falling out with Trapattoni uh, in the '93 '94 season. Uh, when, uh, when, you know, then went to AC Milan and again went won the Serie A title in, in Milan in '96. But he struggled again, as you said, like. Bear in mind, in Italy in that time, there was a lot of competition. Forwards were like there were loads of forwards in Italy at that time, so it was hard to get. Be unless she was exceptional, exceptional, which I think Decadio was, but he just wasn't becoming. He wasn't a first team player. Going to Celtic in '96, you know, it was a strange one. I, 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 he was well known around Italy, but no one from England went in for him. And you said he's a hothead. Went to Celtic. I think he had a, a good career there. I mean, him, Van Hooydon and Cadet were a, a lethal. You know, that, that yes. period. they were the three amigos were absolutely lethal. Um, 
but obviously he's got a like high opinion of himself. He just seems to like confrontation. Uh, you know, you've won the league. You, the fans love you. You're player of the year. It goes in for a, a pay rise. Quite rightly so, maybe. Don't know. He's only been there for a season. And the, the owner just said, you can fuck off then. You know? So he was swiftly sold to Sheffield Wednesday for 4.2 4, 4. million in 97, where he scored 14 goals in his first season. And it was here he went on to build a legacy for the wrong reasons. Although him and Carboni had built a great relationship at that time there. I mean, those two... It, it, it was like when Tevez and uh, uh, what's his name, Mascarano at West Ham. It, it just doesn't seem right. When you say Carponi and, and Decano and Sheffield Wednesday, it doesn't feel right, you know. But it, nah. obviously, he's most known for Sheffield Wednesday is that the famous Paul Alcock push, you know, pushing the referee over. He was then earned an 11 match ban and a 10 grand fine. And this ended his, his career. That was, was actually the last game he played for West uh, for um, Sheffield Wednesday. Because again, he had a, a bust up with um, the manager at the time, uh, which was Paul. Oh, who was the manager? Was it Paul? Oh, who was the manager at Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, what was his name? Was it Danny? Danny something, wasn't it? Danny. I can't remember, mate. Oh, the manager at Sheffield Wednesday. He, he had a fall. Danny Wilson, I think it was. He fell out with a manager at Sheffield Wednesday. You know, what do you remember? Because that was the first time you probably would have seen a lot of Decanio. Was that Sheffield Wednesday? Obviously, that we know the famous push. But, but that aside, do you, do you know what I remember there, mate? What you were just saying there. I remember when they, but Carboni and the Canio signed for Sheffield Wednesday. Remember when they were uh, paraded to the crowd in uh, in their shirts? That it was with pizza. Yeah. Do you remember that picture with the the two of them with a slice of pizza, like an Italian? Um, yes. Well, obviously, bringing pizza pizza is is associated with Italy, so that's what they done. Um, so I remember that, but I I knew a Decanio because Decanio and Cadet were were smashing it in um in Celtic at the time, and I had this I had the shirt the away shirt that they that um, that they played. My dad got it. It was like an aluminous green one, with pretty much very much like Arsenal, but hoops now. Um, that type of yeah, uh, fluorescent yellow. But um, yeah, I remember when he came to the, came to the Premier League. For him going him in Celtic, Celtic was very much like that. It was like a shop window for the Premier League. Um, still, still can be. We got we had Van Dyke that, that was at Sheffield, went so uh, then went to Southampton and Liverpool. Um, so, um, at, in, in the nineties, Rangers and Celtic could could get these get these gems, and they did. Um, yeah, but at Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, um, yeah, very good for Sheffield Wednesday. It, it is it is weird to think what you say now when you talk about these clubs because they, they've been in the, the Delgums now, haven't they, for a, for quite a long time? And yeah. Um, Sheffield Wednesday were a hard team to beat in, in the nineties, and, and with, with players like Carboni and and um, and Decanio, etc., they would be. Yeah, everyone remembers the the push from the referee to the referee and um, Nigel Winterburn. We spoke about to Nigel Winterburn about it. He said he gets gets talked about a lot when he goes over and tries to give it a big one, and um, Decanio jolts forward and he shits himself. Yeah. Um, and that, so that was quite funny, but um, yeah. He scored. Yes, I mean, fourteen goals in a Premier League season for someone who's not not an out and out striker is, is a good return. You take that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we look from now, <clears throat> so from nineteen ninety, we're now at this is now ninety ninety nine, right? So he's from ninety nine ninety nine years. He's played one, two, three, four, five, six. He's at seven clubs in nine years. We said he moved around quite a bit, and it wasn't the case that he just moved around because he wanted. You know, he. he he wanted to move around because that was what he wanted to do, or he wasn't getting enough playing time necessarily. That was part of it in the Italian clubs in the early days, as we said. But it was the fact that he, he just fell out with 
everyone, every manager, every everywhere he went. You know, if you're not playing games, I get it. In the early stage of your career, you're young, you're 19, 20, you want to be playing football. You might have a bit of an attitude or, or, or adapted, you know, struggle to adapt to certain things. You're going to Celtic with a big opportunity to go on a European stage. You know, people are watching you at Celtic. And, and and as you said, he could have stayed for another season if he didn't fought for the chairman, but he, he hasn't. And Danny Wilson, the manager of Sheffield Wednesday, I'm sure it was Danny Wilson, takes a, a gamble on him. And then obviously he only played 41 games for Sheffield Wednesday because he got that push. So you're thinking if that was most clubs, yes, okay, on the paper you go, oh, well, we, we have to be, you know, distance ourselves, not this not work very well. But he was Paolo De Canio. Like he was, he was worth that kind of hassle. And he, it, He's just getting no, no one can get to grips with him. If you're thinking Italian managers couldn't handle an Italian player with that flamboyant and that that maverickness around him, yes, he might go in a game and do nothing. He's that kind of player that do nothing for 89 minutes, then bosh, he'll score a worldie out of, out of nowhere. No one would see yeah. in that game. And him and Carboni, his relationship was bloody brilliant. Like they were so, you know, it's one of the we've done strike duos in the past. I know they're not strike duos, so to speak, but in terms of beautiful football, that one season when them two linked up. It was just phenomenal. So, uh, you, you know, so he's fallen out now with Sheffield Wednesday. He's been banned for 11 games, which was a record at the time. He's been fined. And then all of a sudden, he's a bad egg, obviously. It's a bit like Cantona United. Before Cantona came to United, he had fallen out with the French FA. He fallen out with uh, the manager in, in France. And they come to at Leeds. And he, he didn't have a fallen out necessarily, but he was still quite a hothead there with, and sent off a couple of times. But he moved on to his most successful spell. And I think this is the most memorable spell that you would argue this is Pete DeCanio. And it is a shame, which no, no disrespect to West Ham, but it is a shame that it was West Ham because I felt he could have he could have gone to an Arsenal or Man United or, you know, a, a, a Chelsea at the time and really could have excelled and won a few things. However, he'd already won Serie A titles. He, he won a UEFA Cup. So it's not like he's he'll look back and he's won a Celtic at the, the, the uh, SPL. So it's not like he's going to look back his career and go, well, I didn't win anything. He, he afforded himself options to go to clubs and kind of do these things because he's already won so much as a younger age. So in West Ham in 1999, for a fee of just 1.5 million, uh, Redknapp was the only manager, I think, in his career that kind of got that maverick side of him and managed it really well. And when he signed him, he said he could do things with a ball that people can only dream of. And that was just true. Like, he just did things that were just, you, you didn't see before. Some of his goals, like the, the bicycle kick, the one that the ball comes in, um, I can't remember it's against now, and he kind of does a bicycle kick midair and volleys it into the top corner. Yeah, that's it, like a scissor kick thing. Yeah. Scissor kick. Bowie stopped by Earl. Michael Hughes can't clear the first time, nor the second time. Bent wide nicely by Mark Vivian Foet. Sinclair's cross over Cunningham. De Canio! Oh, I do yeah. not believe that. Uh, that is sensational. Even by his standards. Oh, take a bow, son. Take a bow. Oh, man. Like, the technique in that is unbelievable. I don't think I've seen a goal scored like that since. He went on to West Ham to finish on the highest place at the time, which was fifth in his first season. Then you've got the Bradford game. Do you remember this game against Bradford? The famous De Canio game? De Canio. up illegally by the Norwegian Hallock. De Canio up and running straight away. Twisting past Lawrence and then going down. No penalty, says Neil Barry. And De Canio, to put it mildly, is incandescent. 
be that his reputation goes before him. Bradford defenders looking around anxiously at Mr Barry there. Haller was the defender, he missed the ball and took the ankle, it should have been a penalty. De Canio had a case. To set up the opportunity for his midfield colleague. De Canio for Lampard. Minto, nice shape to West Ham's work. De Canio, he defies most shapes that coaches try to impose, and he's away again, and he's down again, and once more, no joy from the referee. Bradford less than pleased that De Canio went to ground, he's causing them no end of problems. Weatherall's arm came across, and then I think De Canio maybe trod on the ball, it's in the mood on the two benches. Lomas. Monker. De Canio. Swept clear of Haller. And now inside the Norwegian. And past Lawrence. And still going, and then he had his legs taken. Or did he? Well, it looked like a penalty from here. Oh, De Canio, ever the showman, is saying, take me off, substitute me. And it's play on with Saunders, and he's hit the post. Whilst De Canio, 80 yards away upfield, is still remonstrating. This is extraordinary. Beagre, no one there for Bradford. And the boos are because Upton Park, as one, feels that there should have been a penalty. But Bradford, meanwhile, nearly had a fifth. Outside of Saunders' boot, around the keeper, off the base of the post. Monker. And De Canio, at the top of your picture now, is down on his haunches, still talking to the bench, and I think still trying to persuade them to substitute him. Where he... He, he, should have had at least <laughs> he felt he should have had two penalties, and after that oh, he didn't... Yeah. And he should have had one, like 100% there was one penalty. But on the third appeal, so this he's gone down twice. He's been hacked at least once, right? So he's gone down twice. One is definitely a penalty. One is probably a penalty, but you can see maybe not. Then the third time, that's it. He's he's gone down. He's got up. The camera zoomed away from him. Then it's it's. I think Motti's on the thing. I know he's always signaled to the bench, and he's just done the classic and sub me off to Redknapp. Yeah. No one knows what's going on. The bench are looking around. He's demanded to be subbed off. They refuse. He sits down and protests, right? Because he's I'm not yeah. coming to the plan. I'm done with this. And that's it. Then all of a sudden, five minutes later, he gets up and assists the goal that goes on to win the game. I mean, yeah. that just if that doesn't sum up the Canio in one game, I don't know what does. Like, absolutely brilliant. What what not just that, what do you remember about West Ham? Because West Ham was his peak. Like what I've got a lot of memories of him and I'm waffling on now, so I will let you come in. Sorry. You know, uh -huh. you, the way they knocked us out in the FA Cup uh, game and De Canio, the way he played in that game was phenomenal. So I've yeah. got a lot of memories with De Canio. What's your overall arching memory of him at West Ham? See, I, I see, see what you said. That I, I remember that as well when he was acting like a child. But that sort of thing, where's, where's Finn after a while? Yes, he's, yes, he's fantastic. And, to see, and that for me sums up why he was only at clubs for a certain amount of time. Now, I, I listened to an interview a while back or I saw an interview a while back talking about um, the Canio in training. Now, the, 
he said he said that um, Harry Redknapp said he expected everyone to train how they did in a, in like in a match, and if he didn't do it properly, he would just stop mid training, walk walk straight out, get in his car, and drive off. And they'll be like, everyone's been looking around, Paolo, where you going? And he just wouldn't speak to anyone. And then Harry Redknapp would go, it's all right, you back tomorrow. And he'd come back tomorrow, the next day, in all his levers and all that, and just, and just go again. But when you're as good as him, you, you can do that. But also, that wears thin. It will only work with certain managers. Other managers would think, no, 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 no. I, I ain't putting up with this. The, the, the managers you mentioned, they're Trapatonian. You can see why they, they would fall out. It, it, the people are not putting up with that sort of, sort of behaviour. But... A club like West Ham, it's true what you said about Harry Redknapp. He, he can see the bigger picture. Okay, yeah, he might storm off, he might throw a strop, but he can win me games. He can, he can, he can get, you know, he, he can keep me up. You know, like he, these special talents can. So you've got, you have got to look at the wider, but you also have got to put up with a lot of shit. And um, and and, and you know, some people, some people can, some people can't. Um, and, and yeah, so for, yeah, for me. Amazing to watch. Amazing to watch. And he was great for West Ham. And West, and true what you said there, Celtic wouldn't class him as a legend. He wasn't there long enough. But he was. He played a lot, a lot for West Ham. And I know he's loved by the West Ham fans, and rightly so. He he bought some at Upton Park at the time because now they've moved stadiums. He bought some, he bought some wonderful wonderful times down there, and he and he is loved. He goes back there for testimonials, etc. Doesn't he? And then, and he's welcomed with with open arms. Um, and which yeah, so. Yeah, he was, he, he was great. I, I you touched something you touched on earlier as well. Him going to West Ham, he was offered a lifeline there, and I think that that he was um, and I think he's grateful for that as, as petulant as he can be. I think he's grateful for that. He's got a lot of a lot of time for. Also, another thing that he'd done, I don't know if you remember Paul, um, when he stopped the game midway, picked the ball up with his hand. Goal, the goalkeeper was injured, and it was an open yeah. goal, and he um. And he just picked the he just picked the ball up and stopped the game and went no 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 and he, he got like a FIFA fair play award for that um, that was yeah. that was a big thing at the time it was um, a massive gesture Paul Gerrard was the goalkeeper laying on the floor ball comes yeah. in a clear goal called opportunity and he jumped up grabbed the boys no 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 threw the ball down and I remember watching the game and thinking bloody hell that's like you don't see that like that, that's that's no. that is... but that that but that's that's it that's him as well in a nutshell isn't it yeah uh, unpredictable is another yes. is another one word you could use for him very unpredictable. Um, and yeah, and I say you can you can see people getting the ump with him in one minute because he's sitting on the floor with his legs crossed saying I'm not playing no more. I'm taking my ball. And then the next time, you think that's fantastic sportsmanship. Like you know, you don't ever see that. Um, and, and fair play, and he was rewarded for it. You know, for fair for FIFA fair play. So, but that that's that's his that's his appeal. That's his magic. Is that he is unpredictable. Um, and but with that, you've got to take the rough with the smooth, haven't you? You know, it, it's. Thing. You're right. It's it's kind of I think mean, Redknapp was fuming and uh, absolutely fuming at him. But I think realistically, it's like well, I understand. And there's the back end of that season, 2001. Um, Ferguson gives him the call to come to United in January that year. Um, Sharon, I think, had just left the season that, that season, and we were looking for someone to give us a bit of a spark. And he called him up and he said, "Oh, you know, like, it's like Santa Claus calling himself." Decanio's had this crazy career. It's he's won things. He's been kicked out of clubs. Redknapp gives him a lifeline. He's having a fantastic season. He's a little bit older, a little bit wiser. United come calling, and he turned us down. He was captain of West Ham at the time, and he said, "I felt I owed Harry, you know, something for giving me the time to just to, to to be, you know, back in at, at this level." Because he said no one was touching him. Redknapp came in one point five, 
took him on board and he, he repaid the faith in him, which he didn't have to do. Now, that's two things. Was he doubting himself, his ability? Was he thinking, if I go there and I, it doesn't work out, I'm going to be remembered as the Canio who couldn't do it at United? You know, or he does go there and he 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 creates the next dynasty of that small period, that 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 state, that that Maverick who Ferguson knows how to manage, get the best out of them. I was very disappointed. I remember back in the News of the World they were saying about it when we were linked with him, and I was like, fucking hell, like I think it's like four, three and a half million, four million. I was like, yes, just go and sign him because he he is just that kind of he was a United player. When you look at like the as you said, the things he did on the pitch, the way he carried himself, that the you know, the craziness. That was a big regret. And I, I'm I would love to know if he sits back down and, and, and looks at it now and goes, I should have tested myself. Now he's played for big clubs. We said Juventus, Lazio, Celtic. You know, he's played for big clubs, he's big at big opportunities. And it, I don't think Redknapp would have would have said no. You know, if really and truthfully, I think Redknapp would have known if United come calling, we, we would have let him go with a handshake. It wouldn't have been disappointing, but I think they would have let him go. But he clearly turned it down, which was, you know. And then soon after, you know, Redknapp leaves West Ham. And then guess what happens? You know, the new manager in um, Glen Roder has a massive fall now because he's dropped from the first team. He comes back in the end of the season when Roder, unfortunately, rest in peace, got hit with a brain uh, tumour. And Trevor Brooking come over, scores a winner against Chelsea in the last game of the and se- the second last game of the season. So and the, gave him a chance to stay up, but they were relegated in the final day because you know he just couldn't do enough. He scored an 89th minute equaliser and was released on a free transfer at the end of that season at 32, 33. You know, and then he went on to Charlton and I don't remember much apart from the Penenka. I think he's got a Penenka. Sorry, mate, just before just before you go, just before you go to that. Yeah, go on, uh, the Man United thing. Obviously, it was no surprise that Man United were going in for him because you know we spoke about this before. Man United are in for everyone, but he is a type. He, for me, I think Alex Ferguson mixed the trick there, and Harry Redknapp got in there. He was very much like a Cantona-esque sort of player, a Berbatov, which he went on. Yeah. To, he was that type of player, and he would have been a perfect fit for Man United. Um, yeah. I think if you ever got the chance to speak to Ferguson, I think he would say that he, he did miss a trick there when, when Harry Redknapp saw a thing. But yeah, um, yes, that's my penny for, for that. But Charlton, do you know what? When we when I looked into this recently because we knew we were doing this episode, I forgot he was at Charlton. I honestly, I honestly don't remember him at Charlton at all. No, I don't remember. He scored a Penenka goal against your mob. That's the only thing I remember, a penalty. Yeah. Um, but that was it. I mean, he, he kind of didn't... It was it was the back end of his career. It was... I, the passion had gone from him at this stage a little bit. I don't think he, he had that in him as much. The only the good thing I would say, he went back to Italy and he kind of went full circle in his career. You know, he kind of started at Lazio, went back to Lazio. Uh, he did go on to play for another team. I never heard Cisco Roma... I don't know what that was about. I'm, I'm going to just forget that and just stay. Just he stayed there. But what about this one? Never play for Italy at international. I, I was going to say that to you. Uh, he had under 21 caps and he uh, 11 under 21 caps or whatever it was. Do you know what it is? And I, I, I honestly can't believe he, he never had one Italian cap. Like, but in the 90s, in his position, they they were um, they had unbelievable talent. We spoke about Italy before. Um, in the 90s Italian football uh, but I think it was just a sh- it was just the era that he was in there was just too many uh, as much as we we um, lauded him in the Premier League and he's a Premier League great and he really is I don't think Italy is, uh, treat him the same I don't think Italy have that, um, any type of love for him for that uh, like for, him, for his football skills um, 
he bounced around a few Italian clubs as we spoke about. He wasn't there very long. Um, so he never he never built up a, a, a affiliation with an Italian club. You know, like um, like West Ham love him. You know, so, so I, I feel like he, so he he came. I no, I don't know. I disagree. If Lazio, Lazio. He's well loved at Lazio. Well, apart from obviously his personal with the Mussolini, Mussolini thing and the, like his political views, I don't know if he's still loved in Lazio as he was back then as he was now. Um, he scored in, the, in his on his debut in, in the the Rome derby. Uh, you know, he he was what the the player that contributed to Lazio survival in '99, uh, I think it was when or 1989 or was it '88. Where Lazio need, were going to go be relegated, and he kind of helped them stay up. So I think he's got he's well loved in Lazio. But I just think if you look I mean, at I mean, not so much, okay, not so much Lazio, but it, Italy. He's never had a cap for Italy. So in Italy as a whole, that you know, uh, like I say, he's he's he's. I think he's more loved as a Premier League great than he would be an Italian great. Yeah, I, um, I, 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 yeah. I think I just I just feel in the era that he's in uh, that he was in. I just feel it's a shame for him really because he just had. Uh, there was just too many, too many ahead of him. You mentioned it earlier: your Zolas, your Casaragis, your Ravanellis, your Vialis, your Del Pieros, uh, etc. Um, there was just, there was just so many players that would be vying for, which would have been a four-four-two at the time. I know he was, a, he was a deep line midfielder, just playing in a ten. There, no one, they'd been in the same position as Del Piero, really, and so he wasn't going to get in ahead of Del Piero. He was talented enough. I feel like he should have got um, some caps. I mean, there's so many sort of silly friendlies that you could have put him put him in for. Um you know, he, he fell out with Trapattoni. Trapattoni was Italian, it was Italy manager at some point. There could have been some something there that meant that he didn't get a call up around them sort of times and or, you know, I don't know if it Trapattoni was a manager in that, that, that you know late in the nineties. I can't remember who was the manager at the time. But yeah, there's there's loads of factors. But for me the factors are that there was just uh, Italy um in the nineties had unbelievable players and their league was unbelievable as well. I, I think I think that the other thing with with that is at the time when you look to look at all the players that were getting capped or in Italy generally, there was a bias towards playing players that played in their league. You know, it's a bit like you're not the same as England. England, you know, wouldn't really look at players that played abroad. They'd look at players in the home country. And I think that the the Canio's peak years for West Ham, for Celtic, because he weren't playing in Serie A, I think that 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 harmed him because he just never got the chance. You know, Ravinelli's got twenty two caps. Is Ravinelli a better player than De Canio? I don't know. I don't. I know they're slightly different. Yeah, di- yeah, different players. Different players for me. Um, you, you know, I, I would put him in the same uh, De Canio in the same sort of bracket of player as a Totti, as a Del Piero, you know, like a deep lying. Yeah, lying, maybe. Um, off the striker, I would put you would put Ravinelli, Casaragi, Viali. As out and out strikers, they're slightly different, but they just they just had so much so much to pick from, and yeah. I think that, that I think that was probably his downfall. Like, Prop, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, he was he was as he's playing career, it was an absolute bloody joy to watch. He, he just he you watch I watch highlight goals on YouTube and just things that he does. He went into management, you know, he went to Swindon as his first job, and even there he caused issues in the game. Um, I didn't know this until I'd done a bit of research and I watched the clip. It's it is quite funny. He subbed the goalkeeper after 22 minutes. And he had a fight with Leon Clark, you know, on the pitch as he's being subbed, uh, you know, but he was effective. He got the club promoted and being beaten uh, in the final of the Football League trophy, which he would have won a Football League trophy and he would have been promoted. He was voted LMA Manager of the Year in, his, in that season. 
and he went on to to resign due to the club running. Like they run out of money. Basically, the club was in disrepair money wise. That was the issue, and apparently he offered to pay for certain things. A bit like what Rooney did at Derby. Put his hand in his pocket to kind of buy into this, you know, this players and the dream of this can work, you know. But he had fallen out there. Went on in 2013. There was a point of the manager. Again, caused chaos at ballroom level with the clubs. Vice chairman resigned, chief executive resigned, and there was players saying, well, 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 we can't have this player with fascist views represent a working man's club like Sunderland. But again, he stayed in the job. He beat North right, northeast rivals Newcastle 3-0, which was their first win away for over 10 years of beating Newcastle. He kept them up with one game to go and four more points than these relegation rivals. And then it turned sour when the football director assigned 13 new players that the Canio never asked for for them. You know, Paolo did everything he did in that season and they kind of went, there's 13 new players. We're selling your best players and bringing these in. He had no say in it. And when you're thinking, well, you know what the Canio's like as a player and as a person, you can't do this. He's he's done something well here and you're just throwing things on. Uh, you know, he kept his nut down. Didn't He actually didn't say anything when that happened originally. Lost four and drew one of the first five games and he was sacked only after five games. But he only had 13 games at Sunderland, you know, and the reason was players went to the chairman and said they could no longer work for his brutal criticism, which something that Canio has denied. But you can imagine him losing the game and him going absolutely tearing the shit out of someone. Like just, yeah. you know, the things he would say would be mental. Although he's denied it, says so alleged, allegedly, but that was, you know, one of the things, there was a clip on YouTube during his time as Sunderland manager and was asked, what's the worst thing about being a manager? And he said, catch up. And he goes on this whole rant about ketchup. And you're thinking, what's he? What? What's he? But that's just the Canio. That is just who he is. So all, all, all I'll say is the Canio, thank you. Because you're an absolute bloody legend. For, to take the personal views of the racist and the fascist remarks, I'm not looking at the, him as a person in terms of his political views. And that's the problem with sport and things now. We, we often now mix political views or private views with what they did on the pitch. On the pitch... Absolute legend. Dave, finish it off. Any, anything else to add to that? Just uh, on to your manager, said, do you think that um, players like him struggle to manage manage teams because he looks at the players very much like Roy Keane, probably at the same, at the same time. Uh, they expect the same um, sort of uh, performances from players that are not as good as them and they just can't, and they just can't handle it. Um, like, you, like you said there, because I, you know, you said there, his, his manager record wasn't too bad. He, he wasn't there, there long, but his, his, his results speak for himself. Do you think that because because he had he had a reputation of being a hothead and um it and all these things that were labelled against him, it's it's easy just to just to put that down to it. Whereas you know you know if you're looking at results only, he should he should have had more opportunities to manage again. But if you know it's just it's just a way, like it's this hot headedness that means that he can't be. I mean, like Ferguson was a hothead, but Ferguson had balance with it. You know, he could put an arm around you. He knew who he could shout and who he couldn't, and all these sort of. I don't think the Canio probably would have had that. He would have just been either happy one minute with their winning and a fucking nightmare of when they're not winning. Um, so I can't imagine he, he, you know, his management skills would be great. Same as Roy Keane. Roy Keane would be the same for me. You like, um, so do you think their their genius means that? They, they they can't they can't comprehend the fact that someone's probably not as good as he expects him to be, and he can't manage that. And uh, that's what. Or do you believe that it's 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 all down to because it, political views is is one thing, um, 
and then playing clubs don't want to be associated with certain with certain things, which means he never had another job because he, he didn't, did he? He applied for a few, he applied for Celtic and a few others and never got it. Um, so there's probably a few factors in there as to why he's not got to work. Is it because of the way he is or is it because of, the, of, the, of, his, of his beliefs? I, well, I think that comes into it. The beliefs come into into certain point of it. The other, and you said that we've said before you about Roy Keane. I've all, I stand by you. Know, look at Pep Guardiola. Yes, the genius. I'm not not saying management records, but when you're an elite level player and you go into elite level club with elite level players, it's so much easier some somewhat to coach because they get you're not they get what you're trying to do and they can achieve the things you want to do. You know, Glenn Hoddle was famous for being the best player on the training pitch. You know, when he played with, with at Southampton and Tottenham because. You know, he couldn't, no one else could show that 50 yard pass that Glenn Oral wanted the team to do. He had to do it. So I do think it, it's part of it. Um, but as I said, his record was really good at, at Swindon. It, 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 it was really well. I mean, it worked really well. He, he's got that motivational. I think he's one of their managers who it's, a, it's always going to be short term because he is, as you said, who he is. And it all starts rosy and fucking Palo de Canio. He's doing amazing things in training. We're all the team morale is great, but when you're really testing the manager is when you're losing seven, eight, or nine games. How do you manage that? And I think that would probably be his downfall at, at clubs. And he's, I was saying, like Sunderland, he was only there for thirteen games. And if it is true, and the players after thirteen games, which is five games into a new season, after he kept them up, in the space of five games, he's lost the dressing room. That's massive. Like that's that's because you lost five games. You're winning back in the last season, keeping them up, and it's all back togetherness. And then you've lost. Is he turning around again? Your shit, your shit, your shit, your shit. Which which King famously did. So yes, a bit of that. And also in this day and age, once he started managing, you you're not going to get away with some of the views that he had, and and be allowed to manage. The 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 fans wouldn't have it. The the boardroom wouldn't have it. The press wouldn't have it. So the, the, you're cancelled in that aspect before it even gets started. And at the moment, I mean, he's not in the—he's not really done much in the press. And we try to get him on the. I have tried reaching out to try and find someone to connect to bring him on the pod, yeah, but no one seems to know what he's doing. I mean, the last thing we found out was he's got a massive love of culture for samurai and like the monk. So I mean, I'm just waiting to see him in his all orange robe coming down, like you know, West Ham in his monk costume with his samurai taking sword, a, taking a vow of silence. Yeah, <laughs> imagine, imagine him coming on the pod doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's it. We'll leave it there. I think that's perfect. Uh, that's the, the life of Paolo Di Canio. Hopefully those who listened, uh, listened back with some fond memories might have learnt one, one or two things. Uh, there's not much more I could say about him, as I said. Shocking in play for Italy. A fantastic career, which is full of controversial, but followed with fantastic goals and fantastic moments. I, I, is he known more for his controversial moments than his, than his goals? I would probably say yes, just purely on the referee push. Because that, that's that, that's been used so many times now, it's kind of hard to get away from it. But I mean, the goal we scored as again, I think, I think it's against Wimbledon, the scissor kick, um, some of the goals at Sheffield Wednesday, the way he protested and the Paul Gerrard catching the ball against Everton. I think he's got a mixed bag, but generally, I, I think he was. We just don't make him like that anymore. And it's a it's a time that's gone by in football. We don't have those those characters. Everyone's media trained. Everyone's kind of in the same personality. We're corporations now. Uh, so to me. Mr. Paolo Di Canio, thank you, sir. Right. A Premier, a Premier League great. Absolutely. A Hall of Famer. So this week, Dave, we're moving on to our quiz. And this week, it's Bullseye.
Nice and simple. Nine prizes to win, six starts to win them all. You know the rules. Keep out of the black and in the red. Nothing this game for two in a bed. Here we go. So your first start you're going to throw. Dave, if you just release your first start for me. Fantastic. Oh, lovely. Red. In one. Question one. How old was Tiger Woods when he won the Masters? Uh, 23. Oh, no, it's 21. Uh, you, that was a chance to win a gold pen and a pencil. Okay. Ne <laughs> next throw for me, Dave. Throw your next dart for me, please. Oh, that's a black. Nothing for a no, no prize for a black. And the third dart, throw that third dart, Dave. Oh, red. Well done. Red's number three. What country is the only nation to have played in every World Cup? Brazil. Correct. You just won. Take Bully out for a ride. You want a 14-inch colour TV. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, next dart for me, dart number four. Red. Who's the first British player to win league titles in four countries? Gary Lineker. Incorrect. It was David Beckham. And you just uh, missed out on a chance there to win a, a delightful Nesta Tables. Next dart, dart number five. Red. Red five. I'm good at darts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> In NFL, where do you have to go to score a touchdown? Between the between the posts. What's it what's it, what's it called? Oh, the fourth quarter. I oh, incorrect. It's the red. It's the end zone. That was for a set of golf clubs. Okay, final dart, Dave. Final dart. Oh, number lovely. Number six, red. What sport uses a net, a racket, and a shuttlecock? Badminton. Correct for a carriage clock. Right. Well done. <laughs> You've got your two prizes, right? Two prizes yeah. there. You want to have a go at Bully's special prize? Absolutely. Let's go. Okay. So this, as we all know, is for the speedboat, right? That doesn't matter if you're fourth floors of the Kansas State. Nowhere near a lake or a boat, but, but this is your prize. Okay, here we go. So you're sticking for this. So remember, you, you, you've got a carriage clock on the, on the rise here, and you've got a 14-inch colour TV. If you don't get this right, you go in with nothing. Here we go. <laughs> Which player scored the first Premier League goal for Arsenal at the new Emirates Stadium? Oh, Brzezicki. Oh, Dave. Dave, 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 I'm afraid not. It was Gilberto. He was the only <laughs> goal scorer for that particular match. It was a 1-1 draw with Aston Villa. This is what you oh. put the phone with. Oh, I've got there a pond go. around the corner as well. I could have them go up with a boat in there. <laughs> There's your 40 Don't worry, you're going on with your 40 quid and your stuffed bully. Bully special <laughs> prize. That's it. <laughs> That's this week's quiz. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll have another episode out for you sometime next week. Dave, have you enjoyed yourself today? Yeah, brilliant, mate. Thanks, mate. I, uh, yeah, I love doing this anyway. And yeah, talking about a great like Decanio. What more do you want? Well, lovely. Check us out on our Twitter page at the Phoenix Five Show. Uh, on Twitter or email us at the Phoenix Five Show at gmail.com for any episodes or any questions. Apart from that, guys, enjoy your weekend and we'll speak to you soon.
it straight forward. He has no experience of English football. He's come from Japan. He's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. So I'm not one of, of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. I have to, to talk about facts, because I think it's important. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.